You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi, my name's Richard Harrison, and you're listening to, or possibly watching, the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Um, let's move on to the next topic, and let's talk about women's cricket, because uh, in the book you speak highly about women's cricket so passionately, and you've dedicated a few chapters to many of the Premier teams in the Women's Victoria Premier League competition. Um, and quite interesting learning about all of those different teams and what they do about women's cricket. And uh, you've umpired some of Australian cricket's great female cricketers, as we mentioned, obviously Meg Lanning being one of them, Australian captain. Um, so in all your time umpiring cricket in Victoria in terms of women's cricket um, over the years, um, how's, how's the game going in that competition in terms of the women's game? And um what are your favorite um, favorite moments, favorite players from your time umpiring um, in, in the competition? Uh, look, for one thing, in the 10 years that I was involved, the standard improved significantly. The depth of talent improved significantly. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just... and. Delighted that Cricket Victoria had, even before my time, invested so much in junior development and talent identification. They had girls who were, you know, 14, 15, very much on their radar that they had involved in various, um, you know, development camps and the like. It was terrific to see the depth of talent that was coming through. The games were, were played competitively, uh, intensely, but always invariably in a very good spirit. The worst it ever got was me getting the odd death stare when I gave someone out LBW. That's just how <laughs> it is. Uh, I wrote in the book, there's one sweeping generalisation I dare make about women's cricket. It's like no one's ever out LBW. It's as if the war came into effect during the week. Um, but uh, I, look, I was lucky enough, there's only eight teams in the women's competition. Um, and when you umpire those eight teams for 10 years, you get to know people, you make a lot of friends, friends with players, you become friends with their parents, coaches, scorers, curators. It's kind of a community. Um, but it was, I just, I, I really enjoyed, something I really enjoyed. Um, and I'm just so grateful that I had the opportunity for the time that I did. When I first sent that email to um, a fellow called Bob Perry, who was then the um, umpiring manager of Cricket Victoria, I really didn't expect him to embrace it. I thought he'd say, no, nah, that's not going to happen, in which case I would have said, well, see you later. I'll find something else to do. And happily, I'm just so grateful that he um, gave me that opportunity and that I was able to do it for as long as I did because uh, it was just it was a wonderful, wonderful environment to be immersed in. Yeah, and to absolutely. see players, you know, develop, kick on beyond, to see players come through the ranks of club cricket and those junior development programs, playing in the WBBL, playing for Victoria, playing for Australia, it's just absolutely magic. To sit back on the couch and say, "God, oh, I know her, you know, she's one of mm. my friends. Wonderful. 
Yeah, it is. Um, I guess it's pretty hard to choose a favourite player that you've seen over the. Oh, journey. I wouldn't. I There's wouldn't so dare. Many, isn't there? I wouldn't dare. My knows who's listening. I might upset someone. Um, there was some. Oh, There's some lovely. Man, I remember doing a game at, at Box Hill before the game, and I uh, spoke to a, uh, a girl there who was, I think, captain that day, and he because Meg Lanning was, you know, elsewhere. And she paid me this wonderful compliment. She said, look, well, you know, we always look on the website to see who's umpiring our matches and we're always disappointed when it's not you, which I don't think anyone's ever paid me a more wonderful compliment. I'll never forget that. Um, it's, it's just little interactions <clears throat> like that that, um, that, are, that that really stay with you. I remember umpiring... Um, Sophie Molyneux, when she was playing with Dandenong, and um, she appealed for an LBW, buying left arm round the wicket, as she does. The ball hits the striker's pad, and the ball was missing the stumps by, you know, several inches. And she appealed for LBW and then said, oh, no, hang on, no, 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 hang on, no, no. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I withdraw that. So that's just ridiculous. So that's okay. There's no need to apologise. I've seen worse. And she said, really? I said, well, not many. <laughs> But she was. She's a very good sport. She's a wonderful talent and a and a and a delightful individual. They all are. I mean, I can't. They're, they're terrific. All the girls that I know that have come through in Victoria that I've come across in my time. Wonderful, wonderful players. Great talents. Great ambassadors for the game and for the country. Tremendous. And it's terrific to see the opportunity that 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 they're getting through the WBBL. Um, and of course, you know, for those lucky few in the women's Premier League, as I think it's now called. Uh, yes, I, I just yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see how that how that pans out. I I, I hope it's I hope it works out. I I, I fear there are going to be you know just a very small number of people who are very you know, well rewarded at the top end of things. But one of the nice things, which is great for them, but it's so off. It's so nice women's cricket in Victoria. How often, you know, the the Australian players will come back and play half of the season with their clubs. Mm. Um, I hope that can continue to be the case. I mean, it's great to have that opportunity for someone like me uh, to umpire, you know, people like Meg Lanning any number of times and others. Um, when their schedule's allowed. Hopefully that'll continue to be the case for a while. Yeah. Great opportunity for umpires to, um, to to see them, to be involved with them, and great opportunity certainly for other players in the club to be able to access someone of that sort of stature and that sort of talent. Hopefully that'll still be the case for a few years yet. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as you said, you, you know, the game's growing. It's um, more girls are playing cricket in Australia. Many people are watching cricket around the world. The T20 World Cup final in Melbourne in 2020 had 86,000 people watch the match. When I interviewed Ireland women's wicketkeeper Mary Walden, she actually told me she was actually at the match that day and she had tears running down her face. I could well it was, imagine. It was such a poignant moment in the women's game to see a crowd of 86,000 for a T20 World Cup final. It was I just unbelievable. Well imagine. It was. It was extraordinary. Wonderful. And, I, yeah, I could well imagine for someone with her background, um, uh, yeah, that would be, that would be a, 
significant and emotional moment that doesn't surprise me at all. I remember hearing Melanie Jones saying that when she was standing next to um, Belinda Clark at the presentation after the match, that they just they were just very emotional, just couldn't believe how far they'd come. And they those two had made such a tremendous contribution many years before and continue to, had every right to be very emotional and very proud of the role that they've played in that. And there are any number of people who've, you know, helped the game get to where it is. Um, Sarah Elliott played a lot of games, or a few games at least, I played with um, with Dandenong. I mean, it's a shame that she was just, you know, perhaps born a few years too yeah. early before the game really took off. She deserves to be a household name. Magnificent cricketer, Ashes Centurion. Um, you won't meet a nicer human being. And uh, I remember when I first met her, I congratulated and thanked her for being 95 not out when she made that overnight, when she made that Ashes 100, because that gave me the opportunity to listen to her get 100 at a reasonable hour mm. the next day. But um, she was 95 not out and up half the night breastfeeding and looking after her first son who was you know, less than 12 months old and then had to go out the next day and um, get a you know, handful of runs to make 100. I mean, that's, you know, having, you know, three or four hours sleep at best perhaps. Um, quite a unique sort of circumstance that a lot of people perhaps don't appreciate. Um, and as you mentioned before, you know, the Women's Premier League um, players getting paid a lot of money in the auction. You know, Ash Garner was sold for 558000 Australian dollars, which is a lot of money. It just it does change your life. And for these women cricketers, it will change their life to an extent, how much money these teams in in the Premier League are preparing to, to pay for them, which is right. They deserve every, every bit of that. And um, it's great to see that. Uh, competition which is happening next month in March and it will definitely improve the women's game and take it further and into no, the future. I, just, I just hope that somehow that can sort of feed down to all the, the levels and but look they absolutely I think it's I think it's fantastic um I remember speaking to oh, a couple of players when the WBBL first line I remember speaking to Alana King when she was still in Victoria and I said I think it's fantastic that you're getting opportunities like this you deserve it and um yeah wonderful so it'll be interesting to see how that competition develops uh, and whether it's the sort of commercial success some of those franchises have paid an enormous amount of money mm. for those teams I hope it's the commercial success that it needs to be for it to maintain itself i dare say yeah, it will absolutely. i dare say and, it will and i yeah. hope it is and you mentioned blinda clark before uh just something that popped into my head she had a statue made at the scg for her the first female cricketer to have a statue in the game which was a, a very poignant moment in itself um and rightly so she has done a lot for women's cricket in australia um wonderful oh, player wonderful. and wonderful yeah. ambassador for the game Indeed, I've I've never I've never had the pleasure of meeting her. Um, maybe I will one day. Who knows? But yeah, oh look, she's a she's a remarkable individual, and that was a terrific moment when they unveiled that statue. Wonderful and great to great to see players like that recognised. So many 
female players have just been in the in the shadows for so long. Sarah Elliott that I mentioned before, I mean, everyone in the country should know who she is for her cricket exploits. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, they, they could do worse than erect <laughs> a statue of her outside the MCG. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, speaking about uh, women's cricket, uh, women umpires, female officials are becoming more and more. And um, we have a few in Australia. Claire Poldersack, Eloise Sheridan are making great inroads. They're part of the international panel. Um, I'm guessing they're over in South Africa at the moment, the Women's T20 World Cup that's happening. And also yes. Mary Walden that I interviewed. She's also a part of the panel as well. And she's an umpire when she's not playing cricket for Ireland. Uh, she's over in the T20 World Cup in South Africa playing for Ireland, which is great to see Ireland there and uh, Mary and her teammates enjoying themselves, and rightly so, at a major tournament. But we're seeing them become more and more uh, prevalent in umpiring ranks. As we know, umpires are a male-dominated profession, uh, but we're starting to see more umpires, uh, female officials, come through um, and go on to umpire international cricket. Some have umpired men's internationals, for example. That's That's happened in recent times, and... And uh, they're leading the way when it comes to that. Um, Richard, do you, how do you see the future of female umpires? And have you ever umpired with a female colleague yourself? Yeah, I have a few times. And, look, it's, yeah, it's, it, that's no big deal. The laws are exactly the same. The playing conditions are exactly the same. As, as a my fellow that I stood in my first Kent League first 11 match said to me when I was quite nervous, he said, Rich, it's just a game of cricket, just another game of cricket, same laws, same conditions, doesn't make any difference. It's exactly the same with umpires who happen to be women. It's of no consequence at all. It's just another game of cricket. And they they should have these opportunities. They deserve to have these opportunities. And if they're good enough, committed enough, professional enough, then they deserve to be and to get to wherever they can. I, it's just it's just a no-brainer. I don't even think it's an issue. Gender just doesn't come into it. As um, far as I'm concerned, when I was umpiring, the players were players. The fact that they happened to be female players was really of no great consequence. They were cricketers. It was a game of cricket. Same with it. If that umpire happens to be a female, fine, she's an umpire. That's it doesn't make any difference. And I, I think it's terrific. Good luck to them. Yeah, absolutely. And hope those numbers continue, and oh, continue I'm sure to grow they will. and improve. I'm sure they will. I mean, some of those names you mentioned, they are trailblazers and they are people that aspiring female umpires can look up to and can follow. And that's great. And, you know, as they say, you know, you can't be what you can't see. So if, you know, there are, there are people like that blazing a trail um it, it'll be it'll be commonplace before long it might, just won't be an issue if the umpire happens to be female before long yes. and rightly so female. you know it's it's of no consequence now it shouldn't be but anyway it'll it takes time but they'll come through yeah and before you know it, we may see a female official umpire men's test that could happen. may well and yeah why not why not? Yeah. I mean, they let me they let me umpire women's premier cricket. So, you know, the reverse, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to our next topic, Richard, let's talk about the history and traditions of the game. 
we've talked a, a bit about that throughout this discussion today. And that you spoke about that in the book at times as well, how you love the tradition and the customs of the game, especially when referring to England, um, where you were umpiring there and played as well. Um, you know, test cricket still maintains those traditions and history of the game, but it's very important we maintain and preserve history uh, in the form of test cricket, but other stuff, you know, like the Adelaide Oval, the old scoreboard and the SCG, yes. the old members and ladies pavilions, which are the only relics of the past to cricket in Australia. All the other stadiums are developed in concrete mausoleums, which lose that history Whereas the SCG and, and, and the Adelaide Oval still have that connection to the past. I suppose it's a sign of the times where you just have to upgrade and, you know, that's that. But if you can preserve uh, those historical artefacts like we do in Adelaide and Sydney and have museums, you know, like the Barrel Museum in, in New South Wales where Don Bradman was, you know, it, you know, preserving history, which is an important thing to learn to other people as well educate people who are coming through the game to, to see how the game's evolved and changed over the years because the history of cricket's very complex. It's interesting. I like researching that. And on the podcast, we're starting to do historical series, looking back at, you know, players and teams and the game itself, how the laws, you know, all these different things, you know, came to be. Um, so, Richard, what are your thoughts on the, maintaining the histories? history and traditions of the game what do you like about it and how important is it to to maintain them going forward in this new modern era i think it's crucial um and of course you know all those stadiums you mentioned they're all you know accommodating football afl which i'm a huge fan of to be fair but throughout the winter so you know they are sporting stadiums they're not cricket grounds again that's an advantage that um you know the, the major all the test venues have in England, Lords, the Oval and the like. Um, but it's, oh, I think it's, it's, it's hugely important. The, the history of the game of cricket is, is embodies everything that it's become today. And, you know, test cricket, nothing more, more so than, than test cricket. And I, I hope and pray that test cricket maintains the sort of standing that it has now. For many years to come, I, as much as I enjoy one-day cricket, T20 matches, I mean, there's nothing to my mind that comes close to an exciting Test match. I've I've been gripped by exciting draws. I mean, how on earth? Mm. <laughs> it's extraordinary. How can you play a game for five days, end in a yeah. draw, and it's gripping? Yeah. I remember seeing Mike Whitney holding out for the tenth wicket at the MCG against New Zealand. Greg McDermott against, against New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I went that oh, whatever year it was, probably seventy nine, eighty. So when Alan Border and Jeff Thompson had about forty eight or something to get the next day. With yes, and fell a couple of runs short against England. And I mean, I went along with a friend of mine. We were there in the in the southern stand. And, you know that ball, that match could have, or that day's play could have lasted one ball. But oh, gee! And then of course, you know, Tavray knocked it up to Jeff Miller. Oh, gee, I met yeah. Jeff Miller over there. I went crooked him about that. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, that no game can, that no game can come close to that sort no. of that sort of drama and that sort of theatre. And it's an extraordinary construct. 
Um, and that's it's it's all the history that's gone before that's that's developed that and that's that's created that. Um, so yeah, very important that we are mindful of that, that we remember that, and that we preserve that as best we can because that's 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 the very fabric of the game is the history of it. Yeah, it is hundred um, percent. Even when you said about draws. I remember explaining to a couple of Americans I know, Nick and Gabe from Cricket for Americans, go check out the YouTube channel. They're great guys. I'm great friends with them. Uh, they were talking about uh, the Ashes test match in Sydney a couple of seasons ago where England fought out for a draw, and they were so excited. You can tell in the passion of their voice. They were so excited about the game being a draw because it went down to the last wicket, the last hour, the light was fading fast. Steve Smith had to bowl leg spinners because the light was fading Australia were trying to get one wicket to win. Um, by then, they already wrapped up the Ashes, but to make it 4-0. And here's a couple of Americans excited about a draw, and they love Test cricket. Um, well, they, they there it. you go. Well, that's it. And, <laughs> got a um, couple of Americans buying into it. You know you've got something special. Yeah, that's right, because um, they love what Test cricket brings, that drama, suspense, and theatre. You don't get that with the other you get uh, not really with ODIs or T20s. They just finish in one day. No one remembers them. Yeah, not but they not remember a long extended. test match that was battled out for a long draw. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and they were excited <laughs> about that. And I was like, "Wow, this is what Test cricket can do." Well, to no, people. That, that's and great. they're from that's... the other side of the pond. They're from America. Yeah, that's and they're that's very it. encouraging. That's really encouraging. That's that, yeah, what, what a wonderful endorsement. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's, it's it's so important to maintain that and. Um, you know, to to read about it, to immerse yourself in it, because it's a wonderful history. Yes, the game is not perfect; it has its imperfections, but it's a it's a wonderful game, and it's a glorious game, and uh, it has a long, rich history, traditions, customs, um, nuances that people know and love, and people care about Test cricket. They're passionate about it. Yes, it's under threat a little bit. Uh, every time we talk about Test cricket's future, it's still here, but uh, it may not be in some countries, which is a shame, and it's something that we need to yeah, work on yeah. and uh, get get that right. But uh, it's a glorious, glorious game, cricket, um, and I feel you you share the same sentiments, Richard, as well. Oh, I think it's, absolutely, it's wonderful. I, I do, I do fear for the the future of Test cricket in pretty much any other country bar England, Australia and India. Um, mm. And you can see how it's going and why. I mean, with the, the lure of the, the sort of income players can make and franchise T20 tournaments across the globe, I mean, they're going to be prioritising that. And the, but it's, yeah, it's it, the ICC, Australian Cricket Board, the ECB and the BCC, I need, in my opinion, need to recognise that the health of the game stems from the talent and the, the capacity for other nations to be competitive. Yeah. And it's all very well for India to play Australia and just cash in like nobody's business on the TV rights and things. Oh, thanks for coming. That'll be great. While the West Indies are just impoverished by comparison. So yeah. to South Africa. Mm. Um, I remember um, Sophie Devine saying in the women's game a few years ago, she said, how can we possibly hope to be competitive in women's cricket in New Zealand 
when we cannot devote anything like the sort of financial resources to the women's game as they do in Australia. Yeah. And the reason the Australian women, for example, have got to where they are now is because for 15 or 20 years, all the states and the national bodies have been developing talent and putting a lot of money towards it for so long. And that's not what's happening in the West Indies, with in South Africa, Pakistan, any, anywhere else you name, and all the associate nations that are doing their best. Yeah. But if, if it's just going to be Australia, India and England being competitive with one another... Yeah, it's not, I don't think that's a long-term solution. Yeah, um, yeah, that's up to the ICC to decide the governing body. Um, I did an episode on Test cricket about its future. Um, do listen to that for those who are interested. And it's time for the ICC to stand up and take responsibility. Your job as a governing body is to govern the sport, not think about yourselves or you know, anything else. It reminds me of a dysfunctional family, the ICC. You know, they're always arguing and they always want what's best for them and their interests, but not for world cricket. So mm -hmm. it's very important that we work together on this and make sure the game's in a good, healthy place in both the men's and women's uh, formats of the game because it's vitally important to keep this game alive for future generations. Otherwise, it's yeah. probably going to be gone um, and no one will be able to enjoy this great game that you and me and other cricket fans or followers enjoy so much. That's the fear, but let's hope that doesn't happen. But, yeah, let's yeah. hope. So moving on to our next topic, Richard, let's talk about volunteering within cricket. Now, in the book, you mentioned umpires being bottom of the food chain and the hierarchy <laughs> of cricket itself. But you also spoke passionately about scorers and uh, how you marvelled at the um, – the curators preparing turf pitches and dedicating chapters to, to them as well in the book. Um, and you say that umpires do it because they love it, they're passionate. They don't do it for recognition or financial gain. They have a passion about the game. They do it because they care and give up their time on a weekend to umpire. Same with scorers and same with curators. Not only on the weekend, but during the week because they have to prepare the pitch before oh, absolutely. the game yeah. uh, on the weekend. So. So, and volunteering is very important at all cricket clubs, especially in country areas in Australia. You don't have much people like in the city. So mm. you need people to volunteer to become president or treasurer or secretary, curator, um, because without volunteers, cricket clubs become extinct and it takes an army to run them. Um, mm. So, Richard, how important is it to give back um, to cricket, volunteer, uh, within cricket, um, and also why did you include the scorers and the curators in the book and spoke so passionately about them? Scorers and curators, anyone, anyone who's involved in the, the presentation and preparation and function of a cricket match should be rewarded, even down to the people who make the tea. Um, scorers and umpires are a team. As important as the umpire is, if no one's keeping track of the scores, you, you, know, you can't function. Um, scorers are, I mean, scorers are oft forgotten, I think I described them. And I always make a point, always try to meet the scorers beforehand, thank them after the game. Well, mind you, that's a bit of a minefield when you start trying to thank oh. people while they're still adding up and doing the math. I've been told off a few times for doing that. Oh. but So it's a timing issue. But essentially, 
I mean, these are people who make a, a tremendous contribution and, they, I mean, they're not even visible. I mean, at the very least, you know, you can see the job the umpire is doing, but they're the scorers are hidden away, doing just as important a role. In fact, I would much rather umpire than score. I think scoring them be a tougher gig uh, than umpiring. And they do a wonderful job. They deserve to be recognised. More often than not, they're doing it entirely on a voluntary basis. And I, there were scorers that I got to know in the UK whose, whose scorebooks were a work of art. There were a couple of them who would use very fine felt-tip pens with different colours and they would use a different coloured pen for each bowler. Over the, at the end of the match, you could literally take that score sheet and you could follow the course of that entire innings, who scored what run off what bowler and when by following the sequence of colours in the scorebook. And these, these things were a work of art. Any one match could be framed and hung on the wall. They were magnificent. Um, and the, the, the detail and the, the amount of work that goes into that, I mean, it's just so rarely recognised and, and rewarded. And that the very least I think I could do was devote a chapter to them in, in my book. It's the very least they deserve. And curators, the same. I marvel at what curators do. I'm, I don't know how on earth you... If someone put me out in the middle of a cricket ground and said, here you go, you got three weeks, a month, six months, give me a year to make a cricket pit, I wouldn't, have a, I wouldn't know where to start. I don't know how they do it. It's... it's they're fa- <laughs> so fun. I've done it myself. Wander out there, out onto the mm. under pitch where you're going to play. And he, everyone stands around, staring at the pitch, pressing their fingers into the surface. I do it, players yeah. I've umpired do it. No one knows how it's going to play. Why mm. are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, it was just this, it's just crazy. Some of the pitches we played on in, um, in, in England, in Kent, were just soggy, bottomless puddings, they used to call them. Um, which, I mean, if a, if a pitch is that damp in Australia, you think, oh, God, it's going to be a minefield. But in England, <laughs> you know, the ball would just plop in the pitch and then, you know, immerse about, or rather emerge, you know, three or four seconds later and just sort of sit mm. up and wait to be hit. But yeah. then in here, I mean, look, all, I, all I really know is I put in the book, all I really know about cricket pitches is that you set up three stumps at each end and you mark the creases thus. How they're going to play, how they're going to behave, how they're going to perform—a mystery to me. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they—they they, these guys do a fantastic job, and um, again, they—they they should be recognised and rewarded for doing so because I think what they do is 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 marvellous. I think I call it alchemy. I don't know how it's done, but I'm just grateful that they do such a good job. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a craft. It's a, it's an art oh. form, isn't it? Just it is, and I, I would know in the outfield as wonderful lines they make in the grass. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's especially it's the grounds in England, it. the test grounds, you know, Lords, Immaculate. Yes, it's like a bowling green. Isn't it? They're wonderful. Yeah. And wonderful. Um, yeah, it takes no, a lot of effort, time as they, well. But they do a great job. It doesn't just happen. Mm. And without them, what are you gonna play on? Concrete? Well, the, yeah, <laughs> you want exactly. to play on turf, so Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, I think I heard a saying once, I think the game doesn't owe us anything, but we owe the game. Oh, indeed. Um, that's a saying that I heard once, and, and I yeah. believe that. That's why I 
become an umpire and give my time because I love the game and yes. I want to help out, you know. Even when I'm playing in the team that I play for and we don't have an umpire, you know, go out square leg if you're bashing, which is normally the tradition. Um, I always have a counter in my bag and my umpiring shirt. And it's like, yeah, I'll do it. No one else wants to do it. So I get the counter out, put it around my hand, my wrist, put the shirt Good on. For you. It's umpire at square leg. I Good love it. You. I love it. I love umpire. I love everything about cricket. Cricket tragic, Richard. And Good for you. Uh, you know, but I feel like we owe the game a lot because we take it for granted and we shouldn't. And uh, getting quite kind of emotional when I always talk about this subject because it's it's given me such a lot in my life. I remember when I first played it as a kid, seeing the weird, uh, the weird stumps, you know, and and the bat and the ball, and, and 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 not knowing what cricket was, and then I played it, and I was hooked ever since. Still am. Mm. That was yeah, since I was little until now. I'm pretty sure you're the same as we talked about with you from those early days watching Dennis Lilly at the MCG, and me. No, I can do that. I want to do that. Um, you know, bowl like Lily or bat like Gordon Greenwich or like your heroes. But it's such a great game, but we take it for granted sometimes. And I don't think, I don't know what anyone would do without cricket in their life. It would just be empty, I think, certainly for me. I, gee, I'm just so grateful that it, it came back into mind when it did. And it's been such a big part of it for certainly for 20 years or so. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's wonder. It's wonderfully complex, and uh, wonderfully absorbing. And I, I'm just so great. If that tree hadn't have fallen over, my yeah. life would be completely different. And what exactly I'd be doing, or just where, or what I would have done for the last twenty years. But I'm <laughs> immensely grateful that it did, yeah. Uh, because yeah, once I found myself immersed in it, it was just a. It was a. It was total. Yeah, absolutely. And I think many people feel the same as well. Even the players who play the game, they play it because oh, they, surely. they want to play surely. it and they and they love it. And they and more importantly, have fun. You can take it a bit serious sometimes, cricket. More yeah. importantly, just have fun. Indeed. Go out there, hit the ball, get a wicket. It's a good feeling. Take a good catch. Um, get a run out, um, you know, and, and just afterwards. Not not so much the playing side of things, but afterwards, you know, as you, as you did, share a drink if you drink pints or whatever. You just sit down and talk rubbish and talk banter, I suppose. After the game. <laughs> but that's yeah, what cricket's about. Yeah. That's what it's Absolutely. about. It's about mateship, yeah. camaraderieship. Yep. And you build memories forever. Yeah, and indeed. And you remember them. Certainly, I do from my memories of playing the game. I'm sure you're the same, Richard, and everyone oh, else is watching or listening to this podcast today. Um. I thought to end this discussion today, Richard, it's been a long discussion, but I've enjoyed it immensely. We're at the end. It's been a long innings. It's been a long day's play. The overrate's poor. Um, so we have, to, we have to play for another extra half an hour as they do in Test cricket these days. I don't know how you can bowl, not bowl 90 overs in six hours with all the delays that we have in the game today. But, um, yeah, we're, so we're running a bit over time here. It's been a long day. Yeah, we're getting towards the end of the day's play. And then we're going to go back to the pavilion and have a few uh, alcoholic beverages if you drink or non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, so I thought to end today's discussion, let's hear some funny stories. Now, you mentioned a lot in the book. There's so many you can talk about. 
and we can create many episodes on that for the podcast. Um, any funny stories that stick out in your mind from your umpiring days in England, um, in Australia, or, uh, you know, any that you have um, want to share to end, to end this discussion today? Let's see. Well, I've, I've, I've given the Green Jaguar a run. Um, that'll be that'll that's one for for England. I I when you've mentioned that as one one that that popped into my head that uh, I particularly enjoyed. I umpired a women's second eleven match at Dandenong between Dandenong and Brunswick or Brunswick Park, I think as they were then. And um, Brunswick were batting, and this girl hit the ball, took off a, a run completed one run and then turned back and was in the process of running a second when she tore a hamstring, collapsed in the middle of the pitch, floods of tears, tremendous amount of pain. People are running onto the field. Nobody knew exactly what had happened for a moment then. It was clear she was quite badly injured and all this great commotion was... Um, was going on taking place for, for some minutes. And there was one Dandenong player, uh, quite young at the time, went on to play for Victoria. So I'm not going to name her because she'll be horribly embarrassed. But throughout this whole commotion, she just literally sat cross-legged on the edge of the pitch while all this was going. Eventually, someone came and helped carry this girl off. And uh, once they sort of were getting her off the field, she looked up at me rather naively and said is that the end of the game <laughs> and I said oh no no no! she's just injured she's not dead <laughs> she goes oh okay <laughs> and she's gone on to play for Victoria so, um, so that was I mean I didn't want to laugh at the time I thought that'd be a bit mean she genuinely wasn't sure if that was uh, if that was the end of the game I said, oh, no no just just injured not mm. dead um, yeah, but yeah, look, there there are some lovely little interaction in the, in the book with 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 players and things. And I mean, um, you don't sort of go out and and seek for that, but you, you sometimes you just sort of you're just sort of involved with them. And there are some some lovely some lovely moments that I've recalled in there that I'll recall and remember forever. That was one of them. But oh, there's there's any number of others. Um, but that's been the, the beauty of it and it's lovely to be part of and nice to be able to recall it and celebrate that in the book. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, others might even come across it and enjoy it as much. I hope so. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end, Richard. Well, Richard, we have to call over and time. <laughs> time. As many, umpires, as many umpires say, to end the game and remove the bales. And you hear that sound on the stump mics just yes. clattering the stumps. And the umpire says, it's over in time, gentlemen. That's um, it. And uh, it's time to pull up stumps and, and end today's play. But I've really enjoyed our chat today, Richard. I really have. Thank you, everyone, who is still listening to this marathon chat that <laughs> me and Richard have had today. Have we it's set a record? day of test cricket that's for sure just about. Uh, it's been enjoyable i've learned a lot about you shared some laughs talked about the topics within the game um and i hope everyone watching or listening 
uh, to this episode today would we'll, we'll get a bit of fun out of it and and a laugh and learn a lot about cricket and umpiring especially as well um richard we've already mentioned it before but for those who uh, have forgotten after this long marathon chat <laughs> where can people here. find the book stumped and your other books that you've written where can people find that all the usual suspects online. That's the paperback. So and the audio book covers similar, just a bit square. Um, but it, it's about all the usual suspect online retailers, Amazon, Booktopia, et cetera, et cetera. It's, all, it's an e-book, paperback, and an audio book. Um, and the paperback is available from all bookstores. You might just have to ask for it. They might just have to order it in. So if you want to support a local bookstore, and buy it from them, which I think is a great thing. They can order it in for you. They'll be able to find it on their distributor computer thing uh, system. No, no. So there's no excuse. <laughs> it's easily yeah. and readily available. You don't have to work that hard to find it. <laughs> or the export gardener and give it six months and you can buy Positively Pazzo. That's my Italian book. But anyway, well, that's that's a story. That's a chat for another time. So Yeah. Uh, anyway. Thank you for that, Richard. Uh, we'll leave a link to that in the uh, description of this episode so people can access uh, a copy of the books and especially Stumped. Uh, once again, Richard, thank you for giving up your time to join me today. You're, I really appreciate that. I'm grateful for, for you spending this amount of time with me today. I, I hope you've enjoyed our discussion as well. I have. It's been a lot of fun. I've never done a podcast before, so I'm off the mark. But it's it's been, it's been great. I've, I've really enjoyed. It. I'm very very grateful for the opportunity. So thank you. Well, thank you once again, Richard. And before we go, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, the podcast is now available on Anchor, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you, Richard, for joining me. Any last words before we pull up stumps today? Look, thank you again. I I, I really enjoyed it. It was a unique opportunity, and I'm, I'm very grateful. And if there's anyone still out there, hopefully there's a few. I haven't bored too rigid by now. But thank you for um, for listening. I hope you got something out of it. And all the thank best. you, Richard. And uh, thank you, everyone, who listened and watched today's cricket discussion. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now. Hi, everyone. Hope you enjoyed part four of our cricket discussion with Richard Harrison. I hope you enjoyed listening to Richard and I talk about women's cricket, the history and traditions of the game of cricket, volunteering within cricket, and funny stories from Richard. It was great fun talking all things cricket with Richard and his book, Stumped. If you want to get a copy of Richard's book, Stumped, or his other books, head to his website, which is located in the description. They are available in paperback or audiobook form. Thanks everyone for watching or listening to our cricket discussion with Richard Harrison.